My dear friends, it's not often that the whole clergy team is here, the president of the congregation. Tonight is a big night. I know those of you watching, those of you here, I want to add my personal Mazel Tov wishes to so many relatives and family members and friends of this year's 5782 consecration class. Tomorrow morning's Bat Mitzvah girl, Molly Kirschbaum, is herself a Temple Israel consecrant from 2013. I think I'm looking at someone who was consecrated. She's now a mom in Houston at our sister congregation, Beth Israel. This is the beginning of the big four. Consecration is one, Barabat Mitzvah, B'nai Mitzvah, confirmation, consecration. No matter how many different schools they attend. Did you hear those of you? I was counting over a dozen different schools. No matter how many a la carte Jewish experiences we have, and that's kind of the fad now. What's trending is everybody doing their own thing. Isn't it good to have a spiritual home for a lifetime? And these children are the brightest lights in our school for living Judaism. You know, this theme of light over darkness is a recurring motif in Judaism. You will all recall that God's first act in the Torah was creating light out of darkness. Perhaps our task as refractions of God is to mirror this divine image by creating light out of the darkness and chaos each of us faces at some point in our lives, especially in recent COVID years, the near tamid light above the ark, like the festival lights of Hanukkah, is intended to serve as a witness that the light of God is present in this world, in our midst, in the human heart, whenever we dispel the darkness around us and nurture a different light, the light of God, the light of compassion, love, decency, Above the ark, of course, and about the eternal light, listen to what the early rabbinic sages, they said, which means the purpose of that light that isn't just on Hanukkah or Shabbat, that eternal light is to serve as a witness to all who enter this sanctuary and any Jewish space, that the light of God may be muted at times, but can never be totally extinguished because the light of the human spirit, the light of hope, the light of love, the light of God is eternal. It's easy to preach about this, but choosing light and life is a gutsy thing today when it's so much easier to spread chaos, to spread the dark, to spread the toxic, the cruel, the ugly on any online platform or Twitter feed. Focusing on light and denying darkness a victory each night of Hanukkah is not only a revolutionary idea in 165 BCE when Hanukkah happened, it's a revolutionary idea today when you look at the state of our world and nation, what gives me hope is that if the Jewish people can still say, choose light and l'chaim, choose life. If the prayers 
our rabbis have led and we've read tonight and on every Shabbos were written at a time when our ancestors were persecuted, powerless. If they still made the light somehow pierce the darkness in much rougher times and places, then we have no excuse in this time and place. There's a phrase that appears only twice in this entire book of the Torah we're in, Bereshit. It appears in the very second sentence of Genesis. And then again this week in the Joseph story, in chapter 41, verse 38 of Genesis, after Joseph interprets Pharaoh's dream, the Pharaoh is so impressed, he says, could we find another like him? like Joseph, a man in whom, and here's the phrase, only appears twice, Ruach Elohim Bo, in whom is the spirit of God. That phrase, Ruach Elohim, spirit of God or Holy Spirit, it's a familiar name in English and Christian circles, but it appears and it comes from our Torah and it appears only twice in the creation story when the spirit of God or a wind from God hovered over the face of the waters, remember, before the end of day one of creation. And then it appears tonight on this Shabbat. The image received the first time, the phrase in that creation story is some kind of divine energy, some kind of restless, creative, powerful force hovering over the waters in this world, giving this world the capacity to take form. That's how the world began. And now, this week, the same phrase appears once again in this week's Sedra. Pharaoh summons Joseph from prison and he says to him, is it true that you are a skilled interpreter of dreams? Now, the childish Joseph, the brat, as a teen would have said, yes, I am. But the new Joseph has been humbled by life like all the adults left in the sanctuary. He's been humbled by his experiences. Remember, he was thrown into a pit as an older teen by his siblings. He makes it out. Then he ends up down again in an Egyptian prison. So he's no longer boastful. Instead, he replies to the Pharaoh modestly. He says, it's not me, but perhaps it's the spirit within me. May God provide you, Pharaoh, with an answer. Then Pharaoh tells Joseph the dream he's had, and immediately Joseph not only explains what it means, but he provides a proposal for how to deal with the message of the dream. This is when Pharaoh is so impressed and says to his advisors, have you ever seen anyone like this who has Ruach Elohimbo, the spirit of God, in him? What does that phrase mean here? Perhaps it means that Joseph is no longer a baby, a child, or even a person like some adults when they leave childhood who say, look how powerful I am. Perhaps rather Joseph becomes the kind of adult who realizes his power and says instead, it's not that I am powerful, 
It's that I have been empowered, and therefore I must use this power for good and for holy purposes. I have been empowered with the Spirit of God. I think it's fair to say that if you come from a family with Jewish relatives going back three generations, then you, I, have been given more power than my great-grandparents ever dreamed their descendants could ever have. The question is whether we use our power both individually and collectively, compassionately, responsibly, altruistically, or whether we use it as we often do, selfishly, self-interestedly. Ditto for the Torah and Judaism itself. You know, when the Torah is taken from that ark tomorrow morning with our bat mitzvah girl, we say in the prayer book, Yaakov, the Torah is a legacy for every descendant of Jacob Israel. The usual word for inheritance is not morashah, but yerusha, both coming from the same root, but they mean something different. Shouldn't we just say this inheritance that we got? The difference between morashah, legacy, and yerusha, inheritance, is worth mentioning before I close on this consecration Shabbat. We can inherit something and it retains value even if we do nothing with it. If someone, for example, leaves us money or if we make money and just let it sit in the bank, it will continue to exist until we spend it or pass it on to the next generation or get taxed before we give it away. A legacy, on the other hand, can't just sit there or it will literally die. It must be cultivated and kept alive. To be frank, most of us in the Jewish world live Judaism as an inheritance given to us by parents, grandparents, the generations before them. But to keep Judaism alive and that's always the hope of this night. Judaism has to become a legacy. And how do you keep a legacy alive? By helping every boy and girl consecrated tonight and every adult too in our congregational family know that you're not just an inheritor of Torah. You're not just a student of Torah. You're not just a chanter of Torah or facing the Torah when you're in this sanctuary. You yourself are a living Torah in this time and place, gifted with not simply passing it along, but by creating and implanting a vision of an all-embracing Judaism with room for anyone and everyone who enters the doors of Temple Israel. To be a Torah is to live the words we pray, to answer human questions with Jewish answers. With that Torah as our blueprint, to empower every boy and girl and teach them and ourselves how to use our power for lives of service, for good and holy purposes, to realize on this night, like the first day of creation, Ruach Elohim Bo, each of us has that power. May we feel empowered. Amen.